You're listening to Spice Radio's The Morning Buzz with me, Mankir Najla, and we're talking about the protests in Iran that began over the death of Masa Amini, who died in police custody. We're going to talk about what this uprising means, and we're going to be speaking to Pega Ahani. Pega, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Mankirian. Thank you so much for having me. Before we get into the protest itself, what is your connection to Iran? Mankirian, I immigrated to Iran uh, with my parents uh, about 33 years ago, and I came to Iran on the Iranian naval merchant ship, and my dad was part of the Iranian Navy, and we came to Canada in the in a time of very much political turmoil and a lot of war happening in Iran. So um, I came to Iran when I was about three years old, and I've been living in Vancouver since. And my connection to Iran is that, you know, I, ever since I was three years old, I have been back to Iran to visit family. I have many family, um, and there's, I mean, a huge amount of the diaspora uh, of Iranians here in British Columbia and Canada and in North America, the rest of the world for that matter, because of all of the political turmoil that's happened in Iran since 1979. And so you have family that is currently in Iran, that's right? That's right. And how are they doing? They are devastated. Uh, They are disturbed. They are suffering. And uh, I mean, we're all feeling the emotional, physical, you know, shock that I mean, and, and that feeling of uselessness and hopelessness and I mean that starts with anger and sadness and you know a little bit of shame and guilt for being here not being able to be with them but then you get over that and you start to feel the strength and then wanting that that strength to be able to be their voices because they need us if we break down here as well if we if we're not strong we can't help them so my family even though they're devastated they are out protesting they are out uh, making sure that their voices are heard for all of the innocent lives that are being sacrificed for this mass protest. And even for you, Pega, you talked a little bit about it just now, but for you being here, like what has been your reaction of watching just this whole story? Well, for me, I mean, I go through phases of being angry and upset and, you know, just appalled by the lack of acknowledgement and attention in the media by, you know, these central news stations. You know, being a reporter myself for three years, it's so debilitating to be able to really voice this and then be so hurt by where you live. And I mean, when uh, there is this really beautiful picture that kind of puts it all together, I put on my story and it was a line of, you know, many nations going to support. Ukraine, but no one going to the center to to help Iran. And it was kind of just an empty line. And I really felt that. And I've been very, very hurt by the things that I've seen. But I'm also, I've never felt so much more determined to make sure that I voice everything that I know and that everything that I've seen on the internet and for the world to see exactly the type of cruelty and brutality and human rights violations are happening in Iran and have been happening for the past 43 years. Now, for those who may not be familiar, what exactly started this protest? So this protest just erupted from a a senseless murder of a 22-year-old Kurdish woman by the name of Masa Amini. She was detained from the morality police and she was beaten. And if you see the footage, she's been beaten so many times on the head, thrown into a car and beaten to the side and the top of the car with her head against the metal. And then she's, you know, she went into a coma. She was later in hospital and she died from a heart attack. But then that 
that's what they were saying is that she died from a heart attack. But later information was given that she actually died from a brain hemorrhage, from internal bleeding in her brain. And so this started from that. And uh, women all over Iran and all over the world, for that matter, are cutting their hair to show solidarity. They're also burning their hijab because uh, this, I mean, this whole started because of a dress code violation that became a, a human rights violation. So, I mean, women in Iran are degraded, are abused and oppressed constantly because of this hijab law that is based upon a barbaric Sharia, very fundamentalist religious rule of law. For those who aren't familiar with the history of the Iranian government, what kind of made this shift? Because we've seen images and people said, oh, Iran wasn't always this way. So give us some background on it. Iran, uh, I mean, up until about 1979, Iran was ruled by the Shah and the dynasty of the Pahlavian Shah, right? So Iran was overthrown by a fundamentalist, fanatical Islamic regime and became the Islamic Republic of Iran seamlessly overnight. And people were, so basically people were exiled. The the uh, royal family was exiled. All these types of um, artistic and creative things were all shut down like nightclubs and singing was banned and dancing was banned and women had to cover their their whole body with a hijab and uh, so a lot of things changed in Iran the political climate changed there was a lot of uh, war and turmoil after that the relations of the Iranians was kind of ruined with the rest of the world economic sanctions were put upon Iran there's I mean if I sit here and I tell you about that Mankirian there's literally I could tell you our and hours of the tragedy that was the revolution when the Khomeini, when Imam Khomeini became the president of Iran in 1979 overnight just imagine this overnight your whole life changes and everything that you knew became just like a dream and your and your nightmare becomes real and you have to, and you have to you are forcefully given uh, a bunch of rules that you have to abide by or else you are either executed, beaten, stoned to death, or put in political prison. You fast forward to today, and I'm hearing from a lot of people, they're watching these protests. Do you think this is the protest, the sign of, you know, a government potentially changing in Iran? I mean, we always hope for that. Iranians all over the world hope for that. When you when you look at the Green Movement in 2009, that 2006, to about 2009. It's always the youth that are being sacrificed. It's always the youth that are out on the streets being shot, being killed, children being killed, mothers being beaten, covering their children. I mean, this is an international human rights issue, and yet it is not covered by the media in any way. It is censored. Instagram moderators are bought out. You know, the Islamic regime of Iran has made their ways and their channels so strong around the world, making sure to hush Iranians when they try to do any type of political resistance. Now, the women in Iran have always been very resistant and have displayed their resistance in different ways, whether it's with fashion or their hair or their movements. And so when this happened in the Green Movement, we had, you know, numerous, numerous murders, but they were not shared. And then the Aban movement that happened in 2019, over 1,500 people were killed, 1,500 youth were killed, and many more 
are just those are the ones that are visible and heard of but who knows it could be more and with this mass protest and you know after the the protests that were happening in Hong Kong and we saw you know the youth being told to move like water and they were finding ways to coordinate you know the protest so that they could spread wide what's happening in Iran is that the morality police have shut down the internet and the Islamic regime has shut down the internet so that they can kill with impunity they can kill in silence and so that all of those protesters once they have been seen and once those videos have been seen they go after them they go to their doors they go to their homes and they kill them in their own neighborhoods in their own homes so i mean this is a matter of basically being able to make this so ubiquitous that everybody becomes appalled, absolutely angry about another human going this, going through this type of suffering. This is a human rights issue. This is not an isolated issue, Mankiran. This is not a political issue. This is about human rights. So I like to answer your question. I hope so. I really hope so. Now, Pega, I think the question that we're all asking ourselves is what kind of support is going to be needed for Iran, whether that's the Canadian government and the Canadian public itself, what can people do? If people want to help, the best way that they can help is to share, repost, put this everywhere, broadcast it, talk about it, even if you have your two cents about it. You just and and if you're not like for me, I have been trying really hard not to get emotional every time I post about it. It is hilarious that I'm I used to be a reporter and I can't even report about something that hits so close to home for me. But what I can do is I can share as much as I can and I can say what I can in the way that I can. You know what I mean? It's not about being correct. It's just, it's about being right. It's about doing what's right. It's about doing what's right for another human being across the world who's literally having to bury their children. So, and they're doing this, the girls and the boys of Iran, they're out on the streets. It's mostly the youth. So that's why I'm saying is the sacrifice is always the youth. So there needs to be something done. And the only way that it can be done is if this is exposed as much as possible, visible. And the Canadian government, we need our MLA and our reps, our UN reps to get involved. I was just on the internet trying to figure out different ways from the Human Rights Tribunal to the UN Council. I mean... All I'm getting is, you know, if this is surrounding human rights violations, it's not, uh, you know, our mandate. So I, I am trying my best to find as many representatives that I can and getting their attention. You know, uh, Raisi, the president of Iran, was just there in New York for the UN uh, interviews. He, they, it was not addressed. Masa Amini was addressed in a very vague way. They were mostly talking about nuclear weapons. You know, this stuff is just not on the agenda for Canada and it is so sad to see. Pega, I want to thank you so much for your time and taking the time to speak with us. I know this is not easy for you, so you take care. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity, Mankiran.